You know, there was a medieval theologian and famous founder who had a marvelous take on the church. The church on its variety, with all its good sides, and then its tough sides, because it's made up of you and me. You were waiting for the bad news. I gave you the good news first, then you got the bad. And of course, that, that last part is also the good news, because you're delightful. Here, all of you are on Sunday morning, a frolicsome day. You could be frolicking and gadding about on the avenues and boulevards, and here you are in church to praise God and support the rest of us in faith and celebrate the resurrection. But anyway, that medieval uh, teacher, theologian, and founder had a great line. Think of, Jonah, uh, think of uh, Noah's Ark. Uh, you know, he was Joan of Arc's husband, right? Okay, enough. So think of Noah, think of Noah, that's what one kid said, sounds like the right answer to me. Anyway, think of Noah's Ark. You couldn't stand the stench within if it weren't for the storm without, outside. You couldn't stand the stench within if it weren't for the storm without. And so we do have in the church of the world and everywhere else, in families, etc., people who uh, pick on everyone else and everyone's at fault without realizing that things elsewhere are worse and that they're no prize after all either. And so we have uh, this matter that there are things wrong in the church and is pictured from the very beginning in our first reading from the Acts of the Apostles. And so what do we see in Acts? What we see in Acts 6, the people are complaining that the widows who are Hebrew-speaking are getting more help, more specific help than those others, the Greek-speaking ones. And so that's dealt with. The apostles say, well, we really need a special cadre to deal with this. So they form the group of deacons. And did you notice? The first deacons are Greek-speaking. All the names would seem to me are Greek, right? So they're fitting the band-aid precisely to the need. Our good Pope Francis always talks about accompanying people, and there are people who make light of that because they think it's simple. It's not simple at all. It's not simple at all. And it's also, by the way, what a second opinion? It's at the very heart of life and all the things we're supposed to do. My favorite example this past couple of weeks has been Winston Churchill, who was sitting with talking to his son and said, you know the amount of time we've spoken with each other this evening, just now? He said, yeah. He said, well, that's longer than all the time put together that my father spoke with me in his entire life. How's that for accompanying, parenting, and so on? You know, parenting is such a difficult task, demanding task, and I don't think we appreciate all the good our parents do for us. Let us always remember them living or dead at the table of the Lord in gratitude and thanksgiving, our grandparents, aunts and uncles who often co-parented us well, our cousins who had to put up with us. Think of that. How does that, just think of that for a start. Let's pray for them. And let's hope they pray for us. Let's hope they pray for us. And so that, that band-aid was fashioned to the fact that the Greeks weren't getting help and so they corrected that and they corrected it directly. And it's a thing we constantly do. We have that in the Catholic Church. We have it sometimes, you know, the, uh, the message is the person, Cardinal Sean. The uh, diocese was notorious around the world, and God gave us Cardinal Sean. He got yelled at when he first started out for things he'd never done or let, it, let fail. And yet he transformed the diocese to the good, the proper safety of children and everyone else, in ways that are hard to begin to count or imagine. There was a grad student who went to the Scottish islands, the outside of the other side of the world, as it were, from the European angle. And he said, Father, everyone was talking about, about uh, Boston. 
You know, they, they all knew about it. Someone else went to a little fishing village in Portugal. They were talking about Boston. And God gave us a band-aid in the form of Cardinal Sean. He was sort of like the deacons were back when. And so to say the church doesn't have problems isn't true, and so we have to deal with them. But as we deal with them, let's acknowledge, too, that they are being dealt with, have been dealt with, and must always be dealt with. And that must mean that we are on the alert. I might say Mother Annunciata Marie always warned me that my handwriting, my penmanship was so bad I'd never amount to anything. I know you agree that's true, but I'm still trying to deal with it. But we all have, we all have major, I have hay fever as well. We all have major things to deal with, so let's face them. By the way, we all expect the apostles to be perfect. They're saints after all, they must have known everything. And yet today, what do we find in John 14? The Christ is there with his inner cadre, the star team, and he talks about the way I'm going. And Thomas says he doesn't know the way. And there's a monumental failure right at the critical point when he's about to face his passion and death. And then Philip, show us the Father, if you would. He says, don't you know, because of the indwelling in the Trinity, that when you meet me, you've met the Father. And so even the apostles can be at fault. And so each of those things we need in, in time ourselves to see that Christ is the way, truth, and the life in our prayer and also to realize that in meeting him, we're meeting the loving kindness of our God. Not only at Christmas, not only at Holy Thursday, not only at Good Friday, not only Holy Saturday, but Easter and every Sunday after that, which is a little Easter to remind us that evil will not triumph and that good would triumph over evil and indeed even over death. If we follow him who is the way and the truth and the life. And then there's the matter of what we're to do. We are to be sent forth as apostles. Pope Francis often makes the point that sometimes the church has been configured, at least in its headquarters, as a thing of just condemning people. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. But you and I know when people try that, all they have to do is turn the microphone and say, turn the question around and say, okay, what would you do? And then you can hear crickets. <laughs> then you can hear crickets. At Vatican II, the Curia had worked to undermine it. They tried to move it back, back, so Pope John moved it forward. He was quite sharp, very sharp indeed. And then they tried to have 60 or 80 schema proposals to discuss. Now, you've seen the bleachers with 2,600 bishops. Can you imagine how they would ever do that? It was a perfect way of throwing a monkey wrench the size of a house into everything. But Cardinal Montini, the next pope, Cardinal Sunans, came up with a brilliant idea of only doing two things the two major things that come out of it. What is the church in itself? Lumen Gentium de Ecclesia. And what is its mission? What is our mission in the world? And uh, Gaudium et Spes. Joy and hope, by the way. We should all take that as our motto, don't you think? If you're thinking what your motto would be this week, it would be hard to trump that, indeed. And so, uh, the matter of us going forth to be the church. None of us would be here if there weren't the resurrection. But none of us would be here without the church to have carried the good news to us. And so in turn, we are to be the church. We are to go forth in the world as missionaries, not simply standing here and criticizing other people, but critiquing ourselves and gradually learning to become better and confessing our faults and trying to amend our lives and that of the institutions we inhabit. But above all, whatever our faults going forth into the world to offer other people help who need it to be with people who are on the margins, who are left out, who have trouble, and to let be there with some ways in which in ourselves we've left certain things on the margin.
If I can get back here to letter, first letter of St. Peter, the end of our, our reading today. It's exactly our mission statement and our being missioned forth into the world. You are a chosen race, a royal priest to the holy nation, a people of his own, so that you may announce the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.